Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the sixth episode of the Beskar Bucket. And this week we have returning guest Ken from the Forces Behind Star Wars podcast. Well, hello. Thanks for inviting me back. This is pretty exciting. Absolutely. Uh, we we had a vacancy on the Inflatable Falcon, so we decided to do just another episode of the Beskar Bucket tonight since our uh, our captain, Mike, is uh, is currently MIA. So... Ken and I are just doing a quick episode real fast, and we're, I think in this one we're, we're going to tackle uh, some costuming and what we're working on and, and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, Ken, what uh, what's new? Well, actually, uh, this past weekend, the, the Rackerdan clan from New Jersey had an armor party, and so I'm working on my, my second custom Mandalorian costume, and I'm nowhere near as done as I want to be. However, it has been been quite fun this time around there's a little bit less pressure to get it done by a certain time for a certain event um, and i'm taking a lot more steps to make it a little bit more creative and a little bit more complete than my 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 kenix costume that my kenix costume is a is a basic one just so that i could get approved i could go through that rigmarole of of the approval process and this is definitely more more unique and so it's a, a post-imperial mando and the chest armor is in sort of the style of din Djarin in terms of its it's it's two pieces that are merged together in one as opposed to the the boba fett Django style where it's you know separate pieces of chest armor and i've added some some individualized custom kind of cutouts to give it a little bit more pizzazz so i'm super excited about that and it was just nice to to be able to go to this this little gathering with the New Jersey group and get some help with it and see other people work on their stuff. Well, yeah, and it's in kind of like you said with with Kenix, you were kind of that that kind of like get your foot in the door. Oop, your mic dropped out again. Maybe. Yes, sir. You're back. Sorry. New Last thing I heard was your get your foot in the door. Yep, you're there. <laughs> Sorry. It's a new mic. Um <clears throat> yeah, you were you were saying like Kenix was your your entry level and and you know just kind of get your foot in the door. Uh but now you know people in the Rackerdan clan and you could so it's it's kind of easier for you now to to start working on something a little more intricate. And don't get me wrong, I love I love Kenix. But now you you've got those people around you where you you know you can kind of fine tune the things that like, oh you maybe had to cut corners here or or you didn't really know what you were doing there, but now you can you can kind of put a lot more effort and a lot more um, what's the word I'm looking for a lot more pizzazz on it. Yeah, so, a lot more detail. So the, like I was saying, those little cutouts. Um, so I've got some cutouts around the the center chest diamond and in Boba Fett and Django's chest armor, there were little slots on their chest armor where you saw some LEDs kind of light up. So I took that idea. I'm not going to have LEDs on mine, but I took that idea from having the two cutouts on the one chest piece and I've extended it to both. And then like I was saying around the, the chest diamond, I've got some other cutouts because this this helmet for this particular 
costume also has a, a different style of T-visor. Normally, the T-visor is just straight across and straight down. Um, this helmet I, I purchased from a, a shop on Etsy, and there's a little bit more flare to the, the visor. So it comes straight down from the cross piece, and then it flares out a little bit and comes down even further. And so I'm mimicking that that flare on my chest armor. So it it's more of a, a cohesive set of, of, of bits, set of parts. And just <laughs> that, that little bit, as, as basic as it may sound to describe, I think it adds uh, definitely a little bit more personality, a little bit more custom to it, rather than, you know, as much as I love stormtroopers and scout troopers and, and, and um, royal guards, when you have 15 of them in a row, they all look the same. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Mando, you can have 15 of them, you know, side by side, and, and no one of them looks exactly like the other one, with the exception of that, that T-visor that we can all recognize. Well, even some of them don't have the same style of T-visor. And because, like, you, you've got the, the Boba Fett, the Boba Jango, where it's, you know, like you said, it's straight across, straight down. Or, like, you've got the, the Din Djarin, where it's, you know, kind of at an angle, getting thinner towards the back of the helmet, and then the the T visor or the 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 vertical piece is notched at the end, and it again it kind of tapers towards the bottom. So, or I mean, even like I know my my custom Mandalorian helmet because I don't have armor yet. Um, it's <clears throat> it's kind of a the the front is is like like Din Djarin's, but it's got um, almost like wings on the on the top. You you saw it when we were yeah. uh, at our armor party, but that's why I love the Mandalorians because, like you said, there's there are no two that are alike, other than obviously your legacy characters. But yeah, there. I mean, like you said, you could line up fifteen, and you probably couldn't even match two colors together. Yeah, let exactly. Alone put two two identical Mandos next to each other. And it makes me think of the, the 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 covert that we saw on screen, you know, for the first season of The Mandalorian, where you you saw you know in passing a whole bunch of different Mandos. Yeah, you recognize the helmet right away, but the the color schemes were different. The the even the the range finders were, were were different on their helmets. So it was it was really cool to see. And that's that's always been my my fascination with the Mandalorian Mercs as a, as a costuming group. Is there is that wide breadth of of creativity, all focused around that that one that one single style of the the, the T visored helmet. Mm-hmm. Now, have you decided on whether or not you're going to do the um, the symmetrical or the asymmetrical for the armor? You that's still like up that. in the air. Yeah, that's 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 not a finalized decision yet. So I'm still working on both sets of of shoulder bells. Um, because I haven't seen all the parts together. Again, one of the challenges for me building a costume like this is I see it from my vantage point in terms of the the construction of it, and I Mm -hmm. haven't taken the time yet to put it on me, have somebody take a picture of it so I can then see see what it looks like. So I'm still Mm -hmm. up in the air whether I want to have the shoulder bells match or if I want them to be uh, different. And the reason I'd want them to be different is a little bit around the the story behind my my character so my character is going to be loaded to the to the gills with weapons he's going to have two pistols on his hips 
He's going to have a backpack that on one side has a slot for a sword. He's going to have another slot on the back of his backpack for a, a modified blaster like Babe Malbus had. He's going to have a hidden blaster in the small of his back. His left gauntlet is going to have a knife in it like Hunter from Bad Batch. Um, so already has a whole bunch of weapons. And what I was thinking in terms of the, the mismatched shoulders was to have my left shoulder uh, armor be larger because when I'm using that big heavy blaster, I would be turning my body sideways and my left shoulder would be facing front and mm -hmm. my right shoulder would be facing back. So I would want, I think, I would want more protection in that position. So I might go with the mismatched armor, but I haven't decided yet. Yeah, and and, and again, I, I, don't, I don't mean to stifle any creativity that you might have um but even if because you think you know your, your your left shoulder would be more prominent more forward also reaching up and back with your right arm you might want a smaller plate so it doesn't it's not as bulky and not as uh encumbersome if you will yeah. for lack of a better term so I, I always like the 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 asymmetrical look. I I, I think that's why I think that's why I like Dinjarin so much is because you know there's nothing other than his shoulder bells and his gauntlets. The rest of his armor is is asymmetrical, oh, and I guess his, his chest armor, but his legs are, are are asymmetrical. Yeah, and that was that was his second. His was that the second season look where they ended up being the same shoulder bells? Because the first season they were even. They were even parts from other other pieces, other other costumes. You know, at the one point, I thought he had a shoulder bell of a shore trooper, and so it looked like he had just cobbled all these bits together. Well, that was so that was his his pre Beskar look, his Durasteel armor. Okay, um, and then he got the in episode two, or no, it was episode the end of episode one. He got the Beskar shoulder bell on the the right side. And then his whole Beskar look was um, episode three. So, and that was, he still had his Durasteel uh, thigh, right thigh, uh, that just had like Beskar splatter over it to, to give it a little bit more rigidity. Um, so, I his his Durasteel look was the one that had those, those, uh, the shoulder bells from the the shore trooper okay um but then in season two well at, in when moff gideon blew up the uh the energy pack from the e-web um it blew off his his right thigh that durasteel thigh um so then he used a piece from zero the 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 droid yeah the droid is is his uh if you if you look closely it that's his what his right thigh plate is in season two is uh just part of zero's thigh oh that's pretty funny yeah little little food for thought there little easter egg but yeah I, I i don't know why i just i really like the, the the mismatched look that's so the the shoulder bells that i have have the same shape but one has the um the mythosaur skull on one side the other is just flat just to again kind of give it that that mismatched look i wish you could get away with um having like almost cobbled together like chest armor but i understand that that's not really doable 
Yeah, that's definitely a challenge depending on the you know the the era of of costume you're making for the the mandos. Cuz with yeah. the post imperial it's mostly the the chest armor is mostly just either one big plate or it's two plates that are that are that are laid on top of each other. And then the legacy armor, it's two chest pieces, the the iron cross and then an ab plate. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and your collar with the with the, the the legacy the the boba and Django it also has that collar piece. Yeah, plus that's your shoulder the, bells. That's why I'm doing. I, I if I'm doing anything, I'm doing a post imperial because I hate the collar. I I have I technically I have armor plates um, that are their legacy plates. I just I hate the collar. I can't wear it. It's so uncomfortable because like I also like I like capes. I know Edna Mode would kill me, but I really like capes. <laughs> Um, so I also don't want to wear a back plate. That's the other thing. Well, with the Mercs, if you do post Imperial, you have to have a back plate. Even with, a even cape? with a cape. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. can't get away from it. Yeah. My Kenix, I was able to, because it's a, a, a legacy set, you don't have to have the back plate as long as you have your back covered. So that's why hmm. Kenix has a cape because he doesn't have a back plate, doesn't have a jetpack, doesn't have a backpack. So I just wear the I wear the cape, so I don't have to worry about a back plate. But even with with post imperial, you have to wear, no matter what, yep. you have to have a back. No one's yep. going to see it. Yep. And with the, one of the cool things about the post imperial kits as well is the way that the the shoulders are attached. I could theoretically make two sets of shoulder bells, and depending on the look that I wanted to go for that day, I could swap out my shoulders. So let's say I start off with you know, two of the same, and then I decide to, to put the backpack on and, you know, mount the blaster, I can then switch out one shoulder bell for another one and walk around the, the con the rest of the day with, with the two different ones. Because hmm. I don't have to, um, I don't have to permanently fix the shoulder bell to the costume. I can just use Velcro or snaps or, or something like that and just quickly change one for the other. But with the and uh, forgive me, I, I I have not. I've looked more into the five hundred first than the the Mando Mercs. I have a rudimentary knowledge. Um, w- now with the legacy though, how do you how do the shoulders have to be attached? There's no. There, that's the cool thing about the um, the CRLs. Most of the time, it doesn't get into that level of specificity. So, for instance, Kenix, all of my shoulder, all of my armor pieces, they're held to my my vest by Velcro. As long as the Velcro is not visible in the in the approval photographs, you can you can use Velcro. I mean, I know people who use snaps. Some people use Chicago screws or sex screws, depending on you know which part of the world you're from. Some other people use magnets. I've even seen some people who go so far as to just screw through their vest into the back of the into the back of the plate. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I I like I like my armor being permanently attached, and and I I know that's that's one thing that is uh, a big no no. You can't it can't be affixed to your uh, costume permanently. Like it can't be glued to the to your vest. So, and and I I, I kind of get that, but at the same time, wouldn't you rather it be permanently? fixed so that way you don't have a mishap at like a convention or a troop well, or something I mean you can off. do that like I was saying you can have it permanently attached there they're not they're not going to see that in the approval photographs 
you know, so right. that really comes down to you. The one thing you have to, when, you don't have to think about this, but you may want to consider this is how are you going to then keep it clean after these events? You know, so True. I, I can, I can take my, my plates off at the end of event, throw the, the vest into the washing machine with my other stuff and, and wash it where some folks, whoever you like use Chicago screws or, you know, screws in general, they have to go through that process of taking it off, washing it, and then a whole lot of effort to put it back on. And at the same time, when they're they're more securely attached at these events, you're less likely to worry about them shifting and you don't need a handler because once they're set, they're set. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I guess I didn't really think about that because with with my my Dinjarin, nothing is there is enough separation between me, my body and my vest. I don't really have to worry about that because everything is so thick because I usually I'll wear a shirt underneath my uh, flight suit. Nothing is a nothing's permanently attached to it because it's only the shoulder bells and the gauntlets. Um, and I rarely sweat through that because it's very thick canvas. Yeah. And then the the pants and the, the 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 whole flight suit can just be washed on its own. So I guess I, just, I didn't really think about that from a from a different costume perspective. I, I guess I'm more so thinking of this from my 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 experience with Din. Yeah, and so. having those those pieces more securely attached definitely comes in handy. You know, if you're yeah. walking through a crowd, you're less likely to have something get caught on something else and get you know shifted or moved around or whatever. Yeah, because when I when I because I started with Velcro. I, I, I tried everything to try and get get those pieces velcroed to the to the the flak vest, and it just it wasn't it wasn't happening. The velcro the belt the backing of the velcro kept falling off and or it kept falling off the armor, and then I just gave up and, and I super glued it to to the vest, and that's the only reason it came off is because I had to replace the plates, and that actually tore the the, uh, the exterior vest? of the vest. <laughs> so I had to be careful removing it. So, yeah, I I prefer to have it fixed permanently so there's less worry. Um, but I understand that that's not exactly ideal for all costumes. Well, the other piece to that to consider is let's say you, you work on your, your costume. You've got it set up. You put your plates on. You take your your photographs to be approved during the approval process they may say especially on a legacy kit because you've got one two three four different chest pieces of armor they want to have consistent spacing between all of those pieces and let's mm -hmm. say you put it together you send in the pictures and they say well your your ab plate is too low and you need to move it well if you've gone through the steps of gluing it or screwing it or whatever to your your vest now you have to take it off adjust it and then reconnect it so that's one of the reasons why i went with velcro at first um, and i one of the benefits of my costume it's made from three millimeter sintra so it's mm. lightweight in terms of the material and velcro and um velcro easily attaches to the to the sintra and it's lightweight enough to not necessarily fall off the vest because of the weight of it 
but mm -hmm. 3d prints or even six millimeter centra is a little bit heavier so it falls off the velcro yeah that's I, that's the other problem i have is I, I i'm not a fan of centra because I'm, I, I'm just not good enough at working with it um and with a 3d print you get every single print is exactly how you wanted it to to look for the most part uh, barring failures of course but you 90 of the time you're, you're going to get exactly what you what you set out to print so i really i want to i'm changing up the the my initial thought for my design if i if i do ever do a, a mercs costume i i'm i'm scrapping the legacy uh armor that i've got because <laughs> i i just I, it's not comfortable for me um but I, I'm going to go for the um, the Death Watch style chest plate where it's um, you've got the the two pieces with the the iron heart in the middle. And then that small, almost like triangular uh, piece below it on the vest. So I, I think that's that's the chest armor that I'm going to go for. Yep. So and the cool thing about that particular style is. You can use a um, a plate carrier, so you know the the vest, the tactical vests that police officers and soldiers uh, soldiers use mm -hmm. to 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 wear both. It's all, for lack of better words, it's a bulletproof vest, just without the plating inside. Mm -hmm. So you can use one of those as your vest, as long as you take the pockets off of it and and take the big you know pieces of Velcro off the sides. That's what I'm using as the base for my vest for my post imperial unlike the the legacy vest that has a it's a difference it's a different shape it actually has sort of sleeves at least uh has a paulettes or whatever that the the shoulder armor attaches to mm -hmm. so it's a little less um involved for the for the vest for the post imperial versus the the legacy plates the legacy kits so have you started doing that yet? Because I that's that's what I was thinking. Because I have I I have or have access to um, old plate carriers. Um, yep. And my my big thing is the the velcro or excuse me the elastic on the top mm -hmm. and the elastic on the sides. I don't know how to get around those. So you can leave the ones on the top. The the ones that, for lack of better words, are the the the, the pieces that go over the shoulder, almost like a tank top. Mm -hmm. you can leave those you just have to make sure that the front and the back are adjusted properly so that they they sit on your body appropriately and then you can cover them up some people okay. will, will print out um 3d print rectangles that are kind of curved that you can then attach over the top of the the webbing or the velcro just to cover them up Mm -hmm. So you don't necessarily have to remove them or do away with them. You can just cover them up so that they're not visible. Okay. And what about what about the sides? Because I know I know the ones that I've seen they, you know, they've got the the straps on the back that you pull and you you kind of interlock them in the front. Yeah, you can you can take those right off. Just have to be careful because the way that they're attached, um, is you want to make sure you're not cutting. The, the core part of the vest. You want to cut off just those Velcro wings that come around. Mm -hmm. So you remove those and then you would sew on or attach different straps to connect the front to the back. Okay. 
And there's a couple of different uh, YouTube videos or even if you join. One of the things I'd encourage you to do if you're if you're really interested in um, creating a Mandalorian Mercs costume is to get on the Mandalorian Mercs forums. Um, join the, you know, see if you can find the the Ohio clan. I'm not sure off the top of my head the name of it. Um, you can the, join uh, the, the forum. Clan. Okay. And even if you're, <laughs> you don't have to, to be a, an official member of the Mercs to get on the forums and start interacting with them and um, getting in contact with them. And a lot of times, I mean, for instance, the, that armor party that I was talking about, it's not just for official members. That's how, how we also help other people build their costumes. We, we invite unofficial members to the armor parties and help them work on their costumes. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's, there's lots of videos, lots of photographs. Just be prepared because it's it's like Etsy or Pinterest. Once you step into it, you could find four hours of your life gone that you never realized left because you were wandering around looking at the looking at the different pictures that folks put up about their about their costume builds. Right. Yeah. That I I need to to get in with with the Rancor clan, um, just because I want I want to ingrain myself because we we've got the the Apollo squad, the Ohio Garrison, and the Rancor clan. Those are the 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 big three here um so i need to get in with with all three of them so i can start kind of surrounding myself with more more star wars people closer to home so well yeah. and by going that route um which is somewhat different than folks i know in the past that have done they've picked one and they've just stuck to that one not realizing or not fully appreciating that the other ones exist and uh the, the benefits of being kind and friendly to those other groups. You know, there have been some folks like, oh, I'm in this group and the rest of them are poo-poo. It's this group that's cooler and this group that's, you know, better or this group that, you know, has, you know, more accurate costumes or whatever. Forgetting the fact that that group over there is also star a group of Star Wars fans who are creative and want to build costumes so that they can you know, go to these events and, and, and make folks happy or help folks be happy. Right. And don't get me wrong. I, I gravitate towards the 501st, not because I think they're a better group or they have better people, just more so because I like the costumes that, that are in, encapsulated within that group. That doesn't mean that I don't like anything that Rebel Legion or, or what potentially the Mando Mercs could have. I just like the, I like the bad guy costumes. So... That's, well, that's it, why my goal was to join the 501st first. Well, it's funny that you say two. that because are the Mandalorians really good or bad? Like, are the, do they lean one way or the other? See, the thing with the Mercs, though, is I my lack of creativity sometimes. Like... Oh, your mic dropped out again. <laughs> oh, now it's back. What, what was the last thing you heard? Uh, the Mercs. So the thing with the Mercs is I it's my lack of creativity that hurts me because I think I'll have like a really good idea. I'll put pen to paper and then it's as soon as I, I that the pen touches the paper, I lost it. And I and I have a hard time getting that back and, and re reinvigorating what the idea was. So joining the Mercs is because, yeah, I could always do a, you know, a legacy character. But that's not what the Mercs are about. Everyone does a custom Mandalorian. Well, lots of people do. And now with with shows like The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and even to uh, a lesser degree, 
you know, Star Wars Rebels, now there are many more folks that are, you know, leaning towards doing those costumes that are that are on screen, whether you're talking about, you know, Bo-Katan or um, Axe Wolves or even Death Watch. Yeah. You know, and even some of them, like specifically Din Djarin, I think those costumes are approvable in multiple clubs. Mm-hmm. So you can have one Din Djarin costume and be a member of the Mercs as an official member and a member of the 501st as an official member. Yeah, I do know that the uh, CRL for the Mandalorian Bo-Katan was just approved. So that is uh, that's another Mandalorian that's... Uh jumping between both i don't know if if her crl in in the mando mercs has been approved for for the realistic the 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 season two mandalorian um costume but she's that costume is is also now uh reciprocated in both and see that for me that's a it's a head scratcher you know one of those those curious kind of things like hmm you know, if it wasn't for the, the the popularity of these shows, would that exist? How do you mean? So, before the Mandalorian, before the Book of Boba Fett, uh, you know, the Mercs weren't necessarily the the most highly regarded costuming club. Mm-hmm. You know, but now that, that that folks like Dave Filoni and John Favreau have have elevated this small band of of star wars characters it's definitely getting a lot more attention and i think a lot more respect than it did before oh yeah i i definitely think that that has a at least something to do with it um because it's the mandalorians before the clone wars even were really it was okay well we can read we read about this in the books if we're like super star wars fans but really other than that it was okay you've got Boba Fett and Jango Fett. Those were the only Mandalorians that you saw. So there was a handful of other ones, but definitely not not necessarily well known ones. Right. At, like at least Jodo the, cast and stuff like that. At least nothing in the mainstream. Nothing yes, that ev- almost that everyone sure. knew about. But then then with the Clone Wars, I mean, then that then that branched into you had uh Death Watch with um Oh, Pre Vizsla and, and Bo Katan, and then you finally saw Mandalore and then of course the Mandal or then you had Rebels and then the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett, where that's that's certainly expanded the the generalization of the popularity of the Mandalorians. So I th- I think I think Dave Filoni and and to a lesser degree, John Favreau are, are definitely to thank for the for the popularity of of the Mandalorians because I, I I truly think without the Clone Wars we don't have we don't have the Mandalorian. Yeah, that's for sure. So, and even but, even George himself, you know, was surprised by the the popularity of Boba Fett. You know, well, yeah, he, had, he, he had big big story ideas for him, but what ended up on the screen was very very small. Yet, a lot of people, you know, got excited about it. I mean, he had he had expanded universe novels and, you know, he was a bunch of comic books and stuff like that. But to your point, he wasn't necessarily the the, the mainstream character that everyone named. I mean, they could they could say he looked badass, but that was about it. But now there are folks that know 
all sorts of different names of different Mandalorians. Well, yeah. I mean, I can I can think of five off the top of my head, and I that's just that's common knowledge to me. Yep. But you know, back in hell, even twenty years ago in two thousand two, like I said, it was okay. You've got in in from strictly on screen, you've got Boba Fett, and you've got Jango Fett, and now look, yeah. twenty years later. You know, there's there's yep. 20 different named characters that I could think of off the top of my head. Yeah, even to the point where they 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 created a a, a Mandalorian Jedi and a whole yeah. different you know lightsaber variety and, and so on. Yeah, I mean they're they're uber popular characters. So in in I think it's like you said, even though George didn't have an idea of how how popular Boba Fett was going to be. Um, I think that it's it's one of those things where, yeah, he looked cool enough to spawn everything else. And, and yeah. even though he, he was very unceremoniously unceremon killed in Return of the Jedi, it was still one of those things where it was like, okay, we, we need to expand on him and his people in the future. Yep. So, ah, God, gotta love toy sales, right? <laughs> yeah, now that I'm... The, I think they recently sold one of those 1978 Boba Fett toys, like over a million dollars or something like that. I thought. Yeah, the rocket firing Boba Fett. Yep. Yeah, that. I mean, you want to talk about a uh, uh, one of the most infamous toys of all time? That and the the Battlestar Galactica Viper. Not to oh. not to get off on a Battlestar tangent, but I mean, who? I get it. It was the the late 70s, early 80s. But who approved that initially? <laughs> I mean, come on. You're, you're talking about an inch, maybe inch and a half rocket. That's that's screaming choking hazard. So. Because, you know, they used the same. Uh, it, 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 you would probably know better than I would. But correct me if I'm wrong. They used the exact same rocket uh, design for the Viper and for both that, didn't they? Well, the, I think in the prototype, yes. Um, but then there was because of that pushback, they had worked on creating some different different firing mechanisms. So there was like the J on the back where you could actually lock it. But mm -hmm. I don't think it changed. I don't think it ended up changing the shape of the rocket itself. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm 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 more so talking about the the design of the the rocket itself, not the not the the firing mechanism. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure they're. Yeah, I think they're the same. Yeah, because uh, Kenner made the Battlestar toys too, didn't they? I thought so. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly confident in that. Anyway, we're we're getting off track here. You didn't realize this is a Battlestar Galactica podcast, right? Well, they um, are they are really close cousins. That's true. You know, and after if, all, John Dykstra, after finishing up, you know, New Hope, did a little bit of work on uh, Battlestar Galactica. You beat me to it by half a second. <laughs> I was right about to name drop John Dykstra. The, the, the <laughs> new knowledge that I have, uh, which I, I, I need to, I, I slacked off this week. I still need to watch the the fifth episode of Light and Magic because I was I was telling Mike last week on the Inflatable Falcon which you should watch Wednesday nights at 8.30 live on YouTube. Um, but I, I I had to, I, I took in too much knowledge at once where I was like just 
total overload. So I'm like, okay, we're watching one episode a week now. We're we're cutting back to because like I can binge watch nonfiction all the live long day and I can retain all of it. But if it or I can binge watch fiction all day. But when it comes to nonfiction, if I take in too much of the real world, my brain starts to just forget everything. And it's like, okay, I just wasted an hour and didn't pick up anything. So Yeah, and the other challenging part about watching the documentary, if there could be a challenging thing about it, is not only are you listening to what they're saying, but you have to really pay attention to what they're showing because there's there's so much in there. There's so much to to appreciate and and explore in the videos and the photographs from that early stuff back in the 70s. Well, yeah, yeah. because like you said, you, you know, you're you're trying to pay attention to what they're saying, but there's so much on screen that, you know, just little nuggets and easter eggs, you know, in every little scene where you're like, "Oh, I didn't realize that they used XYZ part for YZX model." So, or I didn't realize that that Greebly was on that ship. So it, and, and with me, like, I'm, I'm very ADHD. Like, it's, it's hard for me to pay attention to two things at once. So it, that's, that's the other problem I have with documentaries. I love documentaries. Don't get me wrong. But I, it's, it's very difficult for me to, when, when the person's on screen, I can pay total attention. But when they start cutting away and just having them do voiceover, that's where it's like, okay. This oh, yeah. Is, this is getting dicey now. Because now you're challenging me to do two things. You're challenging me to listen and watch. Right. And I can only do one really well. I can't do them both necessarily really well at the same time. Yeah, I just, I, I love those, the, the it, like, I mean, you called me out for it. I, I really got into the the whole behind the scenes documentary mode where I was just, that that's what all was popping up in my, my YouTube stream. I watched the Empire of Dreams documentary. And yeah. I really that was I should have I got I should, deep into that. So there should have been a warning on that documentary for um more than your average Star Wars fan that if you watch this documentary, you may step into the rabbit hole that you never escape from. Because yeah. you know, you've already said that it led you to watching other documentaries. And there's even more out there. So from the beginning you know, they were they were documentaries on the, the, the making of these movies. Plus, if you want to go another step further, there were lots of magazine articles. I mean, Starlog magazine is a wonderful one. If you want to see some of the 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 early stuff, the pre-internet stuff, the 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 pre-fever stuff, plus Cinefantastique or Cinefantastique. I'm not pronouncing it right at all. <laughs> but I can spell it for you. C-I-N-E-F-A-N-T-A-S-T-I-Q-U-E. Cinefantastique. And it was a, a, a magazine from... This one is, is one that has Conan on the front. Oh, but okay. they, did a, they did a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff for all sorts of movies. From, from John Carpenter's Dark Star to Star Wars. And they would get into the nitty gritty. They'd show black and white photographs of them making the models and stuff. Plus, there's all the art of books and the making of books by J.W. Rinsler. I mean, I probably have 60, 60 different books all related to the, the making of these movies. Mm -hmm. 
It's yeah. Yeah, I oh, it's it's one of those things where I like you said, I'm in that rabbit hole now and it's it's impossible to get out of. Cuz Mike and I were talking about it last week. It's uh, Hey guys, uh this is Mike Hinton here, part of the Inflatable Falcon podcast and we're also part of the Unifying Fandom Network of podcasts and I'm here with my friends and we talk all things Star Wars. Yeah, my name is John. I'm one of the co-hosts. We talk things from 3D printing to all the costuming groups and going to conventions in our costumes. Yeah, and this is Ken, one of the other co-hosts of the Inflatable Falcon. And when I'm not on the forces behind Star Wars, I'm talking with John and Mike about costuming, making food, fixing our cars, and anything else related to the Star Wars universe. So if you check us out, uh, Wednesdays again, 8.30, we record live, and um, back to your show. You know, now we want to get back into like the the film aspect of it. Like we're we're trying to get uh, Matt into gear and, and pick a date for for another shoot. But you know, we don't. That's that's like our only outlet right now that we know of to that. You know, we can scratch that itch. But yeah, it's it's. Ugh, I'm I'm down bad, as the kids would say. I need I need more more nitty-gritty Star Wars and you know that that goes further than just like watching some stuff on screen like I want I want to be involved in it so I I really I, I hope that Matt picks a day for for the Han Solo Chronicles which hopefully is is coming out soon because it hopefully when you're listening to this we'll have already finished it and you'll be able to watch it live and in theaters <laughs> But yeah, I, Mike, I know Mike and I are, are 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 chomping at the bit to get back at it, and I'm sure you are too. But I didn't want to speak for you. Oh, you're absolutely right. I definitely want to 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 get back out with the crew. Part of it is just the sheer enjoyment of seeing everybody come together from from all these different places with one purpose in mind. We're here to make this thing. We're here to to be in our gear. We're here to to make this thing that we know that folks are gonna gonna enjoy either enjoy making like us and or watching because i'm gonna imagine that once this is done you'll watch it a couple times oh just you a couple yeah. yeah i I, it, I think you hit the nail on the head it's it's the camaraderie of it where we're all getting together and we're all doing this one thing for this one goal and there there's one thing to be said about trooping like an event where you know okay yes every we, we we've talked about this at, at nauseum where it's you know we you love seeing the smile on kids faces you like making someone's day yes that is all i love that but there's something different when you're when you take that same core of all right i'm gonna go be in costume for a day and then you transport that into i'm gonna go be in costume on screen for a day and i i think when you're when you're surrounded by you know 10 15 other people that are that are either in costume or working behind the scenes i think that's that was one of the most magical experiences i've ever had in my life were those two days where we were just out there shooting having a good time in costume or just surrounded by people in costume and it's it's a totally different experience that's that's on another level. So with that in mind, 
And I know that, that you and I and, and Mike have bounced around different ideas, you know, we, whether it's short vignettes or, you know, comedy sketches or our own little little fan film. What if we took that that inspiration of getting in costume, you know, and, and being on camera at the same time? Who's to say that we couldn't work together to to do small documentaries of a, of a show of a convention mm-hmm. you know whether it's steel city con that like we all we all come together and and you know gear up and so for this hour you're gonna serve as handler and you're gonna do some recording and in this hour i'm gonna be the handler and do some recording and the next hour mike is gonna you know be the handler and do some recording and then cobble it all together for some finished product so it's funny you say that because Mike and I actually talked about that last week um, because I think Mike and I kind of decided that we're going to end up trooping. If if he gets his Vader done, we're going to end up trooping Steel City in December. And obviously I'm going to bring Kylo and Din and whatever else I have done by then because that's four months from now. Um, but we, we were thinking about doing, you know, just like a short little sketch of like kylo following vader around and just like kind of like doing that like mimicking thing like oh you said this well yeah he said that kind of deal um that that kind of like tongue-in-cheek thing so like that that is something we've already thought about and i definitely think that you know even if we do like a short little sketch type deal or if we do like a documentary type thing where you know we're kind of going around in costume and then like the three of us or, or however many people we get to do it can narrate over top of it. Like, yeah, this is what goes on when you're in costume. I think that's, that's a fantastic idea. And I think, I think I really hope that you're able to make it out for, for steel city con in December. I know, I know Mike and I are a lock. I'm, I, I missed August and I'm still upset about it. Um, I'm not going to say on, on camera that I'm upset about it because I had a glorious time celebrating Heather's birthday. <laughs> And it would have been kind of cool to go to, to, to Steel City as well. Yeah, but Mike and I wouldn't have been there. So, and and you and you and Mike wouldn't have been there, and, and yeah. you and I wouldn't be there for Mike. So, it all worked out. Yes, we so were, we were exactly where we needed to be. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so I, I I know Mike and I are 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 all but a lock for December, and hopefully you're able to make it out with us. Because I'm also trying to convince my dad to go. And if I can get him to go, that would be stellar. Because not only am I can I finally admit victory and drag him out to his first convention, I can show him firsthand why it is that I do this all the time. Yeah, so, and you won't be the only weirdo there. I won't be the only weird Scalise there. It's the big thing. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you'll, 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 I'm, I'm already <laughs> surrounded by weirdos. But I won't be the only one in that is blood related. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So speaking of my dad, I'm actually I, I I talked to him and I think I'm finally gonna get him on for an episode of the Beskar Bucket after oh, after cool. several several months of you and Mike hounding me to do it. So, oh, do you have an idea for a, a topic for him? I do, but I don't want to spoil it. Because okay. I, th- I think it's going to be, it's one of those things where I, I, I was talking about this with Mike last week. Um, 
I have to dance around some subjects because he and I get really heated because we don't see eye to eye. So I, I, I picked something that he and I have a shared passion for that we both agree, at least to a certain degree, where it's still an entertaining conversation, but it's not like, I like this. I also like this. And it's just us parroting each other back <laughs> and I forth. But I like it more. Right. So it's funny it, that you say that you you bring up that you're you and your dad have you know opposing views on certain things because the other day on my way home from work and it might have been the day that I was listening to to you and Mike I was thinking that we could do an episode or two and and call it the Star Wars debate club and so one of the three of us could act as the facilitator the the moderator the mediator of the debate and then the other two of us can debate a topic and knowing that the three of us are all friendly and and, and good-natured we could debate a topic that do have potentially diametrically opposed views and still be okay with it um and then you know the next time we do the debate club so let's say you're on view one Mike is the moderator. I'm on view two. The next time around, Mike can be view one. I be the moderator. You're view two. And we do this this rotating round robin. And it doesn't have to be, you know, every episode, maybe every couple episodes. Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of topics that I think could make for great conversations of debate. You know, for instance, were the Jedi good guys? Oh, that's a good one. You know, um, or... Um, what was the other one? That Jar Jar Binks is the most important character in Star Wars. I'm going to stop you right there. Because you have liquid gold in your hands. And I don't need you to spoil any more topics. Okay. That is a genius idea. And I'm 150% down to do that. <laughs> I... <laughs> so... I thought about it on the way home the other day, and it was still in my mind that the next day, during a Zoom meeting, I'm doodling. And I, do you remember the movie Fight Club? Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the 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 logo was a bar of soap, and it said Fight Club. I actually yeah. doodled Star Wars Debate Club on a bar of soap and put a hand on it, like it, like that idea was so much in my head for two days that I, I doodled during a work Zoom meeting, and hopefully none of my, my co-workers are, are, are listening and will call me out on it, but I doodled Star Wars Debate Club on the bar of soap. That is an absolutely genius idea, and we need to talk about this. We, we, we need to hammer out the logistics of this, as what show will it go on, when will we do it, and who's getting what? Okay, I'm 100% I'm down. Because look, if we do it on if we do it on here on my show, I'll be the moderator. I'll let you because it's very hard for me to disagree with either of you. Because I think we all have the these kind of same idea paths, um, and I, I I feel I'm good at moderating because I've I've moderated debates in in school before, so I feel like I can keep a pretty good handle on it. But if we do it on the Inflatable Falcon, I want you to moderate so bad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we could take turns. Who knows? Yeah, right. Because one of the things that we're um, working on for the forces behind Star Wars is trying to be more consistent. Get stuff out there on a more uh, more frequent basis. 
because right now we're we may release one episode a month or something like that and our last episode we had i think just from facebook views i think we had like five thousand views which is huge for us mm -hmm. you know i mean that's ginormous for us because i think we have like six subscribers or six likers or so i don't know we're you know, we're not well known yet um so we want to get more stuff out there and maybe some of these special episodes could be plugged in um when we can't get demetrius and anthony and dexter and steven all together at the same place at the same time right yeah i think that's that is a phenomenal idea i think that's 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 truly something special you you, you have concocted in your brain <laughs> so i don't I, I i don't know if that's been done in such an organized manner before um and I, I, I think that's that's phenomenal, and I'm all for it. Yeah, it's, so. I, I had fun just bouncing it around in my head during the, the, the doodle session and the drive home the one day. Oh, God, now I'm just thinking of, 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 of topics to, to even debate there. But the, I, I think I have a list of probably a dozen. You know, I so love it beyond the two that I beyond the two that I mentioned. All right, well let's 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 change topics here so well, we don't give let's, give let's too come much back to the away. let's come back to the, the the costume topic. So this idea of debate, what do you think from the the original trilogy? What do you think would be the the greatest costume to make? The oh boy. Uh, the 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 greatest costume for me to make, or the greatest costume that has been made. You can answer it anyway, and I'll just respond to it in like fashion. I I think because I've got an answer for both. The greatest okay. costume for me to make would be, um, I would love a Return of the Jedi Boba Fett, because that for for me that is the the quintessential. When I think of the original trilogy, ah, that's okay. <laughs> I I. I it would either be Return of the Jedi of Boba Fett or it would be uh, Darth Vader. Those would be the two costumes that I would love to do. Um, the greatest costume that was made and put on screen, it's, I think without a shadow of a doubt, was Chewbacca. So, if if I... Because I, I know we, we, had, we had kicked this idea around of if money were no issue, mm -hmm. I, I would 100% I would build either one of those two costumes, Vader or Boba Fett. Um... And I would even throw Chewbacca in there, because that is a costume that I would like to do. I would love to do a Wookiee. Um, so I would I would say any any of those three would be would would be a good answer to to your question there. It's so so greatest costume to make. I'm absolutely positively right there with you, Boba Fett Vader. One for the 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 intricate details that went into them all the way down to you know those special tools that were in in boba's pant leg pocket that he never used on screen but folks <laughs> have been able to track down the actual appliance that those things are however with the the other one um we said greatest costume for me it would be jabba the hut that's a good point i mean that costume had i think four either four or six people inside of that thing to make it move you know you well, had two on or two for for both arms you had a little person for the tail 
that Carrie Fisher actually crushed jumping over top because of George Lucas. Um, and then you had, I think, I think it, one for the head and then one for the the tongue. So, yeah, I think I, I, four to six is 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 pretty pretty close. I'm trying to. Th- I don't remember the exact number. I thought I had it, but I don't. Yeah, because it wasn't just an. It wasn't. It wasn't just a, a, a puppet. I mean, there were people inside of that dang thing. So that for me, that 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 counts as a costume. You know, yeah. it's not just a hand, or it's not you know a radio controlled animatronic thing. It was it was people inside the suit. Right. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't even think about that. You. I. I. I have to agree with you on that. But. Did you see that though? I, I don't remember if that was in the Enlightened Magic or if that was Empire of Dreams or if that was just something else that I watched. Well, um, it was in Empire of Dreams. I also think that it was in um, there was a Creatures documentary. Okay. I think it may have been in that. But yeah, for those of you who don't know though, um, I don't I don't remember exactly what the setup was, but George wanted Carrie Fisher to instead of being in front of Jabba, she or he wanted her to leap over him and 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 choke him from from behind while while she was on the sail barge. And she unknowingly accidentally stepped on the the person puppeteering the tail of Jabba and gave him a concussion to where they gave him a helmet and uh, a little bit of extra padding on top so she would be able to do it for multiple takes. So Talk I, about you know the the efforts that go into making a movie, Geesh. right? And the resilience of that of the the person puppeteering the tail. Yeah. So yeah, I think I that that's one of my favorite stories from uh, from the original trilogy is they had to give the poor guy a helmet because <laughs> Carrie Fisher stepped on him on accident. <laughs> Yeah, and if but you yeah. get a chance, that documentary is called Classic Creatures, and it came out after Return of the Jedi. Gotcha. And that's is that just Star Wars, or is that... Um... Yeah, just Star Wars. Okay. Classic Creatures is kind of a uh, a vague title, so wasn't wasn't 100% sure. I might even think it, w- it might have been something like Star Wars, or it might have been Classic Creatures, like colon, Return of the Jedi, or something like that, but I know that it was it was around that time. Gotcha. And they did a lot of just like light magic where it's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, except the funny part about it. It was it was filmed at that time and released at that time, unlike light magic, where they're showing clips from 40 plus years ago. You know, they were showing clips from four to six months ago when it came out. Right. So, yeah. But circling back to to what we were talking about, though, um, yeah, I have to agree with you, though. Jabba was that's that has to be the 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 greatest costume that was built subjectively speaking of course or ob- objectively well it could I be both know. yeah it could objective be both and subjective <laughs> but yeah um because you could well no there was you could make the claim too that that the yoda costume because didn't deep roy wear yoda for a little bit in some of the scenes I thought I thought Yoda was completely puppeteered. Yeah, I I I I thought Deep Roy was um, Yoda for a bit. 
yeah granted i could be wrong because you know i i have said this before and i'll say it again i have uh, <laughs> i have only dipped my toes into the behind the scenes stuff thus far and i have you and mike to thank for that so <laughs> but yeah um i don't I, I yeah i don't i genuinely don't know i i was always under the impression that it was uh Frank Oz and and uh, a few others underneath the the set puppeteering Yoda. Yeah, I think there were some scenes where it might have been during the training sequences where you see Yoda on the ground and Lucas sitting around him. Mm -hmm. I think there may have been some scenes there where Deep Roy was in the costume. Hmm. Well, I mean those those of you listening can can correct us in the comments and let us know what uh, that or we can look it up. But that's <laughs> What's the fun in that? Speculation's more fun, isn't it? Yes, we can start rumors. But yeah, I uh, even there are so many of the the creatures and characters from from Java Sail Barge that I would also that if if I could because like I'm claustrophobic, so like a helmet is about as far as I can go without. You know, breaking down in 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 a, just an asthma induced panic attack. Um, but like if I could pull off like Yak Face or or like even Max Rebo, if I was a little bit shorter, I would love to do some of those costumes. <laughs> um, but again, my my claustrophobia will uh, will definitely get the best of me in some of those. Well, think about being C three PO. Talk about claustrophobia. I mean, yeah, that's, that's right here. Yeah. And the worst the worst part about that is I'm still contemplating doing either a K3PO or a TC14. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll see how that one goes. If I were to do a K2, it would be the um, with the motion capture suit and the big head behind <laughs> me on stilts. That would be the closest that I would get to doing a, a droid. Mm hmm. And that could be a funny costume yeah. all by itself that way, anyway. Well, yeah, you got to you got to do the the Pig Schwartz guy too. <laughs> we we need to we need to pick a convention and pick a day, because obviously we're gonna wear our real costumes the majority of the time. You know the things that we worked very long and very hard on, but we need to pick a day or a time where we just we do the the joke costumes like do um. Uh, someone's got to do Ahmed best where it's just the Jar Jar head in the black bar across his <laughs> eyes in the motion capture suit. Yep. You should do K2 where it's just the, the stick two feet above your head in the mocap suit or the, the pink shorts guy or, or someone. Oh my God. Mike should do George Lucas. That would be fun. I feel like Mike fake, it, fake beard and a wig. Yes, and they just get him. Get him a, 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 is it a Kirkland brand flannel and a pair of Levi jeans and new white New Balances. White New Balance gotta be white. Gotta be bright white New Balance shoes. Or no, they're they're uh, they're not New Balance. They're Are they uh, Nikes. They're they're Nikes, but I forget exactly what the the style is. It's a really weird name. Oh, that's gonna drive me nuts. Yeah, they're 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 the white and blue Nikes. I know that they're they're bright white with with uh, the navy blue stitching. Oh, that's gonna bug me. Um, I'm gonna try and talk while I look this up, but 
yeah, I think I think Mike could really pull off a good George Lucas. If you if you if he grows out his facial hair just a little bit more, I know it'd be hard for him with with teaching, and he doesn't want to look like a like a, a uh, hair monarchs. That's what it is. I which is just pulled it up too. <laughs> which is so funny considering he's the king of of movies, right? And I, I really want to know. I, again off topic but i want to know who at nike thought that air monarch was that's that's the that's the name of your shoe line that you really <laughs> wanted to go for but yeah get him a, get him a pair of uh of the the real light blue levi jeans and a a blue or a red kirkland flannel i think it would be perfect gotta be tucked in with a belt right but yeah I think I, I think we could pull off the, the the joke costumes fairly well. Just don't tell Marty because he'll he'll upstage all of us. He'll yeah. he'll he'll make a, a a screen accurate joke costume, where the rest of us are just gonna be like, okay, well I found this at Goodwill and it was close enough. Yeah. Shows up <laughs> as a as Ben Burt mm -hmm. or John Noel. Yeah, I think I I think of of all of our crazy stupid ideas, I think that would be that would be one that would be really fun to do. Oh yeah, and it would be even I think it'd be even more fun with Mike as George with the two of us, you know, as the bookends. Because mm -hmm. one by the other wouldn't necessarily make sense, but to have all three of us would be would be make it even more comical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, that that being said. Um, because now we're talking about costumes that we do as a joke. If if you could do any costume, because like I said, mine would probably be Vader or, or Return of the Jedi Boba. What 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 costume would you do if if money wasn't an option? If money was not an option. If skill, time, and money yeah. were totally off the table. I was very impressed with Bay's Malbus. From okay. Rogue One, and that that and and it's funny because that's part of the inspiration for my post Imperial Mando. Is do you remember that blaster he had with the energy coil mm -hmm. to the backpack? So I'm making a modified version of that, but I just thought that 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 whole setup was really unique and very very cool. And I have seen one per I thought it was at Celebration that I saw it. Uh, someone do a Bayes Malbus. That was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, Baze, Baze is a great costume. Um, I think I think another one that I would I if I could do every costume in Star Wars, I would. Um, but another one that I would love to do would be um, uh, Coruscant Guard Shock Trooper from from uh, Revenge of the Sith. That would be another one that I have access to do. I could do it if I really set my mind to it. Um. But Mike and I have again. This is another thing that we've spoken about at nauseum. If you if you listen to all all of our shows, being the the best guard bucket, inflatable falcon, and the force fine Star Wars, you know we that Mike and I will will talk about how uncomfortable the clone trooper armor is at at length. So, but I that that was that was the first costume that kind of drew me towards the costuming. Was was the in in I think it's ironic because there were never any costumes of it for the films. 
um yeah the the phase two clone troopers specifically the the shock troopers were uh that that i think that would be my my go-to if 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 i if i could pick any costume that that i wanted to do and it wouldn't necessarily be for like you know i want to be picked out of a crowd um i would do i would do the shock trooper well if we're going to that upper level then it would be echo from bad batch for me who's cutting your arm off well <laughs> i'm not I sure mean, if i'm gonna i'm i'm more of a method actor i'm not necessarily gonna go to the well, that's not method acting. Method acting <laughs> is if you cut your actual arm off and you make yourself an amputee. Oh, then, then I'm not a method actor. Maybe I'm just an improv. That's what it is. There you go. Make it up right. as I go. But I, you know, that costume is, is really involved and super cool looking. Yeah, I I, th- I think if, that, if there was one costume that if if you could pull it off, I, I think Echo would be would be definitely up there as one. So, because you've already you've already got the look, like your 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 facial structure is there to do it. I think if if you just add that um, the bar on the back and those the couple little dots, you you've yeah, got the, the face cranial for implants. It. Yeah, you've got the face for it. And I, I think I really 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 think you you add a little bit of makeup to to. I don't want to say lighten your skin, but make you a little more pale, like Echo is. Yeah, because he had been I, I locked think... up in that 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 server closet for a long time. He didn't see the light of day. Right. Yeah, he's more gray than pale, though. Yeah. Ashy. Um, yeah, I, I think if 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 you you add that the makeup and the 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 prosthetics, I think Chef's Kiss, you're 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 ninety percent of the way there. So yeah, and that's like the for me that would be the epitome of of engineering creativity to, to get a costume like that. Well, I mean, look, you you get yourself a 3D printer, you are almost all the way there. Be, I, I, honestly, because, like, the files exist. The costume exists. It's in, And not a, not a lot of people can pull off the look. Every, anyone can put on armor. Absolutely anybody could. But not everyone can, can pull off the the unmasked look of it so and i i think i i think you would be just based on the rad batch poster that you guys did <laughs> i i think i think if 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 you guys nailed just one character look i think it was you as echo so i i, I thoroughly i i think that that's that's definitely something you should strive for just just as much as i should strive to do the the shock trooper and with the, the right. shock shock trooper had a big weapon too, didn't he? I can't remember. Did he have a? Was it a rifle that he carried, or was it something else? He, it was the the DC fifteen S. It was the the okay. long blaster. That's what it was. Um, okay. But it, the the Coruscant Guard shock trooper are interchangeable. It's just where were they? Were they on Coruscant or were they not? So because they were also they were on Camino too in in the Bad Batch, and that's when you add the pauldron and. Yeah, which which was the the Coruscant guard that had the the big shield? I remember there was a, a toy that was <sighs> it was white and red, and on the front of the shield was I thought it was the, the like a big logo. I thought it was a big uh, might have been the Senate logo or something like that. Yeah, it was probably it was probably the GAR sigil. 
the Grand Army of the Republic. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I think that was just a variant of the the Coruscant Guard, because like I know some of them had electro staffs as well. Okay. Yeah, there's there's so many variants, especially now with with Battlefront, they added the the four classes. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So I haven't played yeah. that in ages. Oh, I love Battlefront too. I haven't I haven't played it in a while myself, but I, the, <laughs> there's a side tangent here, real quick. Um, the ba Battlefront Two, I think, will go down in infamy forever as the greatest flop to success that got snuffed too quickly, because it was, for lack of a better term, it was dog shit at first. Because it was riddled with microtransaction, it was super buggy, super shallow. Um, and then they got rid of the microtransactions, and everyone kind of forgot about it. Except for, you know, the core group of fans that was still there. And then they started adding things. So they added, like, Anakin, Obi-Wan, Grievous, Count Dooku, um, and a bunch of other heroes, and a bunch of other planets and content to it. And then, like, it started regaining popularity like it was again it was it was it was meant it was it turned to turned out to be what it was supposed to be at launch and then they they're like yep all right we're done no more there's no no more new additions this is the last dlc and uh yeah we're gonna cut off any like updates for this game like just as it was like starting to peak at at where its popularity was because so was that the one that they they ended after the Rise of Skywalker, or was it... Because I thought there was a character in that from Rise of Skywalker. So that that came... The uh, the Battlefront 2 came out um, right after The Last Jedi. And then I, I think it was either late 2019, which is when The Rise of Skywalker came out, or early 2020 is when it got... When, when support was shut off for it. Um... Or not, it, like, update support. Like, the, the servers are still online. Like, it's still playable, which is surprising. Because um, typically in video games, once once your your update support gets shut off, then everything goes pretty quickly out thereafter. Um, I'm just trying to think. Because, like, I know they added skins, like Rise of Skywalker skins for um, Finn, Poe, or Finn, Rey, and Kylo. But the last characters that were added were Count Dooku and Anakin I okay. think because Count Dooku had the pajamas from from Clone Wars didn't he mm -hmm. which I thought was just hilarious that they of all of the things that they could do I will give this guy pajamas well yeah I think almost everyone even Yoda had an alternate um alternate outfit granted it was dumb it was just him with his hood up <laughs> but um, like Grievous had a really cool alternate skin where it was um, it was battle damaged, so it you know he had um, scoring and burn marks all over him. It it looked really good. Um, they added all of the I say all of, but uh, the a couple different skins from Solo for Han and Lando. Oh, that's right. They did the the younger versions, didn't they? Yeah, like the Alden oh. Ehrenreich and. Uh... Donald Glover, Danny Glover, Donald, Donald Glover, Donald Glover. Um, yeah, and the the it drives me nuts because the the 
the sculpts for for the original trilogy characters like the 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 big three han luke and leia weren't great when when the game first came out and like yeah you can tell they were them like you could tell it was han solo luke skywalker and princess leia but then you see the sculpts for han and lando where it's alden ehrenreich and uh donald glover and they look fantastic like they are beautifully done like it's it's indistinguishable indistinguishable from the actors themselves and it drove me nuts because it was like come on you nailed this four months after the game came out like fix first off either fix these or they should have been done right in the first place and then from there on out everything was it was like the the model they did for hayden christensen was really great too um not as good as uh, I think Donald Glover was the best one that they did, um, but uh, the Ewan McGregor one was was really good too. I wish both of those games had a tourist mode, meaning that you could just log onto the game and walk around without yeah. having to blast anybody, without having to 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 hide from from you know teenagers who were playing the game because there was so much detail that was put into those those scenes i remember wandering through jabba's palace and seeing the 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 carbonite that han solo had been stored in leaned up against the wall and the 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 tauntaun head and like i just want to look around like and this is this is this goes back to the me loving the behind the scenes stuff like i I just want to walk around but every time i was looking at something i get blasted yeah i think in in one of the most beautiful maps that i i remember from that game was uh crate because you know on on the surface level like crate was like okay you've got the the bunker and you kind of see them running through it in the movie and then you've got the 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 salt field and that was really it but like in the game like you've got all these different tunnels you've got the uh the trenches that the uh, the soldiers were in and you can like explore all the different aspects of it and then you can see like the crystal caves where they kind of built these makeshift trenches out of oh it was so beautiful i loved oh, creating that game i thought that was a, a a really beautiful one too yeah the different Felucia. colored plants and the animals and everything yeah yeah felucia was good kashik was re- kashik and naboo were cool were really cool to like would just walk through too yeah battlefront was i, I think that was it was killed off too quickly. But kind of like Boba Fett. <laughs> Into the Sarlacc with you, buddy. Right. Yeah, I hope I hope that that um I don't know if it's even still Lucas Arts anymore, but but Lucasfilm in some aspect greenlights a Battlefront 3, whether that be with Dice slash EA or with another like maybe Activision gets another go at it. Um, I thought they had canceled their their relationship with EA. It's still so they canceled their exclusive rights. Oh, okay, that's what it is. Okay. So like EA is still making um, Jedi Survivor, but they they don't have the they're not the only ones making Star Wars games. Okay. So, like Star Wars Eclipse, if it's not canceled, um. I forget which studio it is, but it's not EA. Um, neither is the, again, if it's not canceled, the Knights of the Old Republic remake, which that that's another thing. That's that's a whole nother 
tangent. I hope that game didn't get canceled, but um, yeah, EA EA doesn't hold the the only cards anymore. So, but that being said, with them already making two Battlefront games, it's hard for me to imagine that they won't get if they if Lucasfilm wants to do a third Battlefront game. It would be hard for me to imagine they wouldn't just give it back to Dice slash EA. Gotcha. Speaking but, of, of of these skins and everything, do you have another costume in the works? Not currently. I so I'm I'm I know we had talked about it, but I'm I'm in the process of switching jobs. So that that has currently occupied all of my time of trying to to balance now three jobs instead of just two. So, throwing a costume into that is not exactly ideal. I'm still slowly but surely working on my TK, which okay. it'll be a miracle if that is is done within the next 10 years. Um, but really what I'm trying to do right now is I'm trying to find my dad cuz he he also doesn't have time to to build anything. So I'm trying to find someone who's assembled and selling um a sand trooper costume. Because that's what he really wants to do, and he wants to join the Bible first with me. So, I'm, that's that's currently what my costuming time has been. Um, so more hunting than making, right? Uh, but I've always got things that I tinker with here and there that I'll I'll print, paint, or what have you. Like I've got I've got a couple blasters that I've just been sitting on that that I've been slowly slowly painting and and, and finishing. Oh, excuse me. Ugh. I'm having the same problems I had last episode where I just can't stop yawning. <laughs> I promise not to take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's... Uh, yeah, the hunt is really really what I've been working on. So I, I and Not everyone can be working on a second Mandalorian kit, Ken. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, what's kind of funny about that is I found a picture on Facebook the other day from when I started working on my Mandalorian kit. It was from 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And the helmet that I was working on the photograph isn't the helmet that I ended up using. You know, so I ended up storing that one and going uh, a similar route, but a similar yet different route. But I ended up never finishing that helmet right now. It's just in the box in our, in our storage unit. You care to elaborate on that? Like, what 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 helmet did you originally use that you scrapped to use in, so, in lieu of? When I first started working on this costume, I was working on it by myself. Um, you know, trying to use the forums and and replica replica plurap forum RPF and the Mandalorian Mercs forums, trying to to do this all by my onesies. And so I had an old Hasbro toy. The one with the really wide visor so it was mm. a kid's toy and i was modifying that i had found instructions online to do it um and then i started getting involved in the uh, the record and clan with the mando mercs and started going to some of these armor parties and so i got down to the point where um i had started painting the helmet and it just wasn't it wasn't looking the way that i wanted it to look so right now that helmet is is just in a box in storage and i ended up buying a a resin cast helmet and ended up okay. painting that and using that for Kenex. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I didn't I didn't know that you you had uh because I have them that Hasbro helmet. Um 
the one with the the ridiculously wide visor that we might actually see show up in in the Mandalorian season three. <laughs> but uh, again, anyway, side tangent. Well, what's really funny about it is so when I bought that helmet, I think I may have gotten it either at Toys R Us or Walmart on sale, and then started working on it, started cutting it up and modifying it to use in my costume. And then that same helmet went on clearance. And so I think I have two more of those in our storage unit still in the boxes. <laughs> um, never, never, never taken out of the out of the box. The boxes may be beat up or whatever. I'm pretty sure I have two more of those. <laughs> but if you were to look those up on online now, they're they're definitely they cost more than what I paid for them. I think I think the last one I bought might have been Twenty-seven dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, now when you look at the Black Series helmets that come out, they're what one hundred and twenty-five each or something. Yeah, and climbing, yeah. and they're far and away different. So that 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 one Hasbro helmet was built for kids. I think that's the reason why the visor was the the T visor was so big is so that kids could actually wear it around the house and not bump into stuff. But now the the stuff that's coming out, the Black Series stuff, that's meant to be you, you know something that a that a costumer or a collector would really appreciate because it looks a lot closer to what's on screen and it's it's definitely constructed differently mm-hmm. yeah so yeah the only thing is they they've obviously they've got the uh the the uh manufacturing lines that you got to clean up that's the only thing so you've got yeah. the, the 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 panel gaps if you will yeah where the the two bits come together the seams and stuff yeah but then again, it's better than trying to fill in an entire visor like like some people did with the uh, the like the clone trooper helmets or the the Boba Fett helmet. But yeah, yeah, I did. I did not know that you uh, you initially started with a uh, that Hasbro helmet. It's, yeah. Uh... And not only did I start with the Hasbro helmet. So for the the armor, because at the time I didn't I had heard of the term Sintra which that's the, the brand name. The, the actual material is expanded PVC. Um, at the time when I was building it, like I said, I was doing it all my, on my own. I didn't know where I could get this. So instead of using Sintra, I was using um, garbage cans. So plastic garbage cans and cutting out the pieces and trying to, trying to heat form that. And that kind of plastic definitely does not respond the same way to heat as as Sintra does. So mm-hmm. I was I was having a real hard time making this costume anywhere near uh, approvable. And that's I think one of the the benefits of joining some of these costume clubs is you you find out about the materials, you find out about the the processes and the steps to do it. And as silly as this may sound, having another set of hands help you while you're wearing the costume or you know so they can apply the 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 necessary force to shape the costume to you is much easier when you have another person than when you're trying to do it, you know, by yourself in your garage or your backyard or whatever, wherever you're, you're working on these things. So being in these clubs is so helpful and handy that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I need to find an armor party. That's that. Cause I, I really need some help with, especially with my TK. Um, that's, I could definitely use an armor party. And like I said, just to meet, meet some more people. Um, cause I haven't, I had to cancel my, my first troop because of my new job. Um, so 
that's that slot for my first troop is still wide open. Um, but yeah, I uh, I need to meet some some more Star Wars people close to home, so I can so I can get that second set of hands. <laughs> so because as much as I love you and Mike, as I, I I can't drive six hours every time I need a <laughs> I need an extra set of hands. Yeah, especially for something that probably takes you know half an hour to to complete. A right. twelve-hour drive for a half an hour's worth of work isn't necessarily all that helpful. Hey, but it'd be fun. That's for sure. <laughs> but, well, I think I'm going to wrap this up here. So, I appreciate you hanging out with me tonight, Ken. Oh, thanks for letting me join you for another wonderful episode of the Best Car Bucket. Yeah, and uh, everyone, make sure to check us out Wednesday nights, eight thirty, uh, on the Inflatable Falcon on YouTube. Ken, where can they find you? Well, they can find me. I'm one of the, the co-hosts for the Forces Behind Star Wars. And if things go well, we'll be recording another episode in the next few weeks. And we will most likely be talking about uh, Industrial Light and Magic's recent documentary that they released on uh, Disney+. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but one of the other cool things about that documentary is it was directed by Lawrence Kasdan. So a guy who has intimate experience as a employee of Lucasfilm or working with Lucasfilm who took a very wonderful, loving approach to that six episode docu-series that, that Disney plus has shared with us. So that's what our, our next episode will be on. It may not be on the whole, the whole docu-series. We may chunk it up into, into smaller parts, but that's what our, that's what we're planning on so far for our next episode of the forces behind star Wars, which is a part of the, the unifying fandom. Yeah, I'm, that sounds like a blast. And I can't wait to listen to it. So I love you guys over there at the Rad Batch. It's always always fun drive to work whenever I get to listen to you guys. So, oh, thanks for that. But, yeah. So uh, yeah, definitely check out the Inflatable Falcon. Obviously, you're listening to the Beskar Bucket. So listen to to whatever's next and whatever's coming up. Then of course the forces behind Star Wars, Star Wars Geek Girl, which is our co-host Mike's daughter's podcast. It is the most popular out of all of our shows. So, any any other shows you can think to plug there, there Ken? Am I yeah, missing that, anything? The more that we can plug Zoe's show, the better. I mean, she has several more years of experience on us, so she deserves all the all the the credit, praise, and 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 love that we can give to her. Yeah, she has more more experience than any of us combined, and in, in a far better show. If I if I do say my say so myself. So, hey, game recognizes game. That is for sure. So <laughs> thanks for another time, man. I really appreciate it. Have a great night. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and uh, catch you on the next one. <laughs>